What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us on whatever platform that may be. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pachalki. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll recap what happened in the NBA draft and where some of the dominoes fell in NBA free agency. We'll also talk about the Olympics as the men's basketball team for Team USA has advanced to the gold medal game to face France for the rematch. All this and more on episode 206 of the TSK show coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 206 of the Sports Kingdom show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pachalki. What's up, TP? How are you, man? Yeah, man, 206. Shout out the very code to bless us with some of the best hoopers this world's ever seen. Yes. I uh, I normally don't uh, like to, like now that we're in the hundreds and 200s now, actually, uh, I don't normally like to say like 206 or 205 or yeah. I've never I, I've never liked that with the numbers because O is not a number. No. Uh, so I always like to say like 206, 205, but because it's episode 206, it, it was yeah. only right that I said 206. It's all, yeah, it's all right with there he goes. <laughs> but uh, Tyler, we were talking uh, a little bit before and we'll we'll get into the NBA stuff in a, in a little bit. But obviously I had to get your thoughts uh, on the versus yeah. battle wow. between the locks and dip set before we, yeah. we got into everything else tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus has been great. I, I really enjoy them. I, I've oh, it's watched... been a great, like, invention, I, yeah. like, since COVID has happened, and obviously it started in COVID and all of that, but... Yeah, yeah. The dude, way it's, it's evolved it's, now that people can actually dope. be there it's, in person, it's cool. And it's been so good for all these artists as far as, like, their streaming numbers just getting, you know, shot through the roof. Uh, but this was, you know, this was probably the best one. I mean, it was incredible. If you like rap, do yourself a favor and watch that versus. Be- I don't care if you're 12 or 52. If you like <laughs> rap, you're going to enjoy that. You'll get something out of it. It's a certain type of energy you don't you don't see. And it's really the energy that, like, where rap was birthed from. Oh, in yeah. New York City, so. In Madison Square Garden, like. It, in goddamn Jadakiss <laughs> went off. Um, MVP yeah, of the verses. That's an understatement. Now. Who were you rooting and, for? Well, see, that's. Now, that's what I was just about to say. I like Jadakiss, and, and I like the set for sure. Um, drip set is dope. Always, always been a fan, but. 
you you know me and my brother listened to a lot of looks a lot, a lot of styles <laughs> p a lot of jada kiss and so i knew what he brought um but also man Dipset the set is is legendary so they're going on tour together i think soon okay uh Dip yeah. set in the locks? Yeah, I think they're going on oh tour. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's... So, I mean, smart, because just the ride off of the wave that oh, this yeah. thing has created. Um, this was the best one, though. It was it was insane. It was so good. And, I mean, you got a lot of talent up there. You know, Cameron, Joel Santana. Yeah. Jim Jones. I think, it Kiss, was a little bit, I think it was a little bit disappointing, though, seeing the, like, how unprepared Dipset was. There's no... I mean, because these guys had it. I mean, these guys have, you know, there's no beef there, but they agreed to. They, they Jim agreed. Jones and Cam used to have beef, though. Yeah, but they're was, on the same team. They're on the same team now. Like, they've always been on the yeah. same team, but it. it no, you, no. Di, uh, Dipset has not been whole for a minute. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that they agreed to, like, you can it could be chippy i think their words were like they agreed to that oh yeah yeah yeah. you know and that's what they where the energy comes from it's just there's no way if you were dipset you knew jd kiss is gonna bring it like this no no jd kiss came prepared and he what he did was very hard i mean the whole thing is is you know he was right he was he was really rapping up there there was yeah. no there was no no people tv can, tracks no yeah people can tell the difference it's a lot easier to rap to your to your music you know? for sure um, how do you think we sing along to it in the cars every day and sound like shit when we're doing karaoke you know what i'm saying like it's there's no it's hard it's not yeah. easy to do but i will give it to Dipset. they they brought some bangers too they, oh they, for sure i mean there was bangers all they, night they were they did it uh they were classic as fuck. I mean, it was it was good. It it was crazy to watch JD Kiss bully the stage like that for a while. Um, but overall it was it was a good night for for rap. It was a good night for New York City. Yeah. Um, and I think I truly believe if you're a rap fan of any age, you should watch. Yeah, definitely. Sit down and watch it like a movie because I'm... it's fucking <laughs> it's crazy. And it was I think it was cool, like I was saying, it's like how it was like versus was birthed from covid but now that you could actually do it in madison square garden yeah. with a crowd like it's evolving it's constantly evolving yeah it's pretty and, cool yeah it's super cool but all right we got uh, a lot of nba talk tonight uh we're gonna have a lot of nba talk next week wink wink a uh, little foreshadowing preview for next week uh obviously but before we talk about the nba draft i gotta let you know that this episode of the sports kingdom show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? take this and you burn it job's not finished job finished i don't think so so when you get done with this you should be butt-ass naked so obviously the big news 
here in Los Angeles, uh, and I'll just get this out of the way first before we get into the the NBA draft. Um, obviously, the the big news here in Los Angeles is the Lakers trading for Russell Mello Anthony. Well, no, he signed. No, he he signed with the Lakers, but uh, the Lakers trading for Russell Westbrook and assembling the NBA version of the Expendables for their team this upcoming season, but. Uh, like I said, we got a, a little foreshadowing and preview uh, next week in episode 207 of the TSK show. We are going to have an episode dedicated solely to the Lakers uh, season, uh, how it ended. And then we'll we'll obviously talk about everything that's happened after the season has ended in free agency and with the trade reportedly for Russell Westbrook because we have Harrison Fagan scheduled to make his return to the Sports Kingdom show. Harrison Fagan is the editor-in-chief of Silver Screen and Roll, the Lakers SB Nation affiliate. So we are really looking forward to that. So definitely stay tuned for episode 207 of the Sports Kingdom show. But real quick, Tyler, in one word, before we move on to the NBA draft, I just have to ask you, in one word, sum up your reaction when you got the news Russell Westbrook was coming home to Los Angeles. One Ex- word. Excited. Excited. Okay, perfect. I love it. Yeah. Gotta love the Brody. All right, perfect. That's that's what I like to hear. So, all right, let's let's move on to the NBA draft because we'll 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 be all Lakers next week. Um my brain hurts from not <laughs> explaining myself more, but we'll move on. <laughs> we got a lot of a lot of other stuff to cover tonight. I, I figured we would just save the Lakers yeah, for yeah. one episode. Yep. Yeah. Um, but real quick, I'll get the Lakers draft stuff out of the way real quick. Uh, first as well, the Lakers, they, they included that number 22 pick in the Russell Westbrook trade to DC, uh, and then DC then flipped it to Indiana. Uh, the Russell Westbrook trade is actually now a big five team deal. So, uh, we'll, we'll get into all the details next week. Like I said, um, but all right, the NBA draft, Tyler, the first three picks, they went as predicted. Toronto then drafted Scotty Barnes at four instead of Jalen Suggs, who slides down one pick to Orlando at five. Then at number six, your boy, you called him out last week. Josh Giddy. Yeah, pretty wild, right? Goes at number six. And then have you had you heard that name? Before no, not week? until last week when you brought him up. Yeah, he's he's dope. And then I was personally surprised that the Warriors weren't able to trade at least one of their two lottery picks. They ended up keeping them both, uh, and they went with Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. Uh, so what stood out to you from the NBA draft, Tyler? Uh, who were who some of your winners and losers? I, I always look to you for, for yeah. the NBA draft. You, you kind of always had your eye on this more than I do. Yeah, you know, I thought the big head-scratcher in the top ten was – Davion Mitchell by the Kings. Well, the Kings always make questionable decisions. It's just, it just, it's, he's a, he's a player. I mean, he can play, but it just doesn't make, I mean, they have who, you know, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. Um, so maybe Dennis know, Schroeder for Buddy Hill. They, they've went, well, I mean, they, they've, <laughs> they've went point guard in three of the last, uh, three of the last four drafts. They've went point guard, you know, high. Um, I, uh, I liked, um the warriors picks you know for for if they're going to keep them you know they have 
this weird team with you know uh Wiseman and Kaminga is is a is a really lengthy, rangy forward, you know, which the NBA is just made of. And then Moody is a is a scoring guard, you know, he's going to be someone that could actually score off the bench for them and handle the rock. Uh, Knight dropping all the way to the Hornets. Uh, obviously, I love the Hornets uh, to play with Lamelo Ball. I think that's a that's a good one because he's another strong guard. They can run two guard sets pretty well. Um, and then to kind of go outside a little bit, um, I wanted to shout out to the to the guys that or the guy that I said you know could be a late first round pick that I was excited to see was Josh Christopher, and he was uh, you know reunited with his AAU teammate Jalen Green on the Rockets, so I thought that was super dope that uh, you know of all the teams uh, Josh Christopher is going to go play with Jalen Green. One of the biggest kind of head scratchers of the draft, though, was Sharif Cooper. He fell. I really feel like a lot of teams made made a mistake and panicked and took the guy that they had on their board. Um, and for him to go to Atlanta is like so dope and kind of it kind of sucks at the same time. I mean, he is a Trey Young type of player. That's that's his game. Um, so in that sense, he's going to be great to to kind of develop his career with Trey Young. But this is a guy that's definitely a first-round talent. And I said before the draft, I thought he was the most likely to be an all-star outside of the lottery. Well, and he definitely got drafted outside of the lottery. And he goes in the middle of the second round. So um, I'm really interested to see how Shreve Cooper kind of, uh, you know, develops, see if he's one of those guys that goes and gets a big contract after this rookie contract uh, because he plays well uh, with Atlanta. Um, giddy though man that's a (laughs) you called it i'm i'm super happy that he went to oklahoma city as well he's gonna be he's a you know six eight point guard he's like teenager uh he's a flashy open court style of player similar to like a rubio jason williams just a guy that can make plays with the ball in their hand and he's gonna be playing with shay gilgis alexander who is a rangy guard a six five guard as well but a really athletic two guard can do a lot of things on both ends of the court. They're gonna. That's a good. I, you know, as far as Oklahoma City building up this young team with all the plethora of players they drafted, um, and the amount of draft picks they still have left. Yeah, I, I think that they're they're going in the right direction. They're they're definitely getting some some hits with these young players they got. All right, uh, real quick, who are some of your winners and losers from the draft? Well, I think that. Uh, um, I definitely think that the Kings were were a loser in the sense that I feel like they drafted the wrong position. Uh, the big winner, you know, I think the Houston Rockets got a lot better. They drafted a lot of players. I typically like the teams to get a get a you know get a lot of players. The the Orlando Magic hit. Uh, I think that Jalen Suggs dropping to them when you know most people thought. He was going to go for. I was I was kind of confused by that because of Cole Anthony, but I guess you can kind of play him. Well, and Markel Fultz, but yeah, he, and Markel Fultz. I, I mean, I thought I think of Jalen Suggs as a two guard, just because. I mean, he could be a, a a one, but just his ability to you know defend, play off the ball, he can shoot, he can score. Um, he's just he's just a he's, I guess he would be in that same category as like Drew Holiday. Malcolm Brogdon, where like you can literally play him with any type of guard. Yeah, he's just a he's a match. And we're guy. seeing that with Drew on the the national and, team. And I think Orlando needed to get the best players possible. 
Um, not super big on Wagner just because he can't really create his own, but you need those kind of guys on a team. But I think he's better than his brother, though. Or no, has more no, potential than his no, brother. No, he does because he, he's a perimeter player. Um, he's going to be a big, like, he's going to be a big guy on the perimeter shooting threes. Um, but they, you know, and who, who's to say what they could have got? There was no good big guys in this draft. So, well, one, yeah, once Evan Mobley came off the board. Yeah, Mobley. Yep, Mobley was definitely the and and he went third, so it was like all right. Yeah, and he he was really the only one. So um, those would be, I, I think, you know, teams like the Hornets and the Magic won because of guys that slid to them. Uh, I think teams like the you know the Warriors, the Thunder, the Rockets win because of how many picks they got, how many good young players they got. And I, I think uh, Detroit, the, Hawk, the Hawks, for getting Shreve Cooper. I yeah. think that's going to come back and and be. I think we're going to look at that as a good thing. I think the obvious uh, winner is Detroit because they had the number one overall pick. They got Cade Cunningham, the guy they wanted, and he was obviously the most touted guy in this class. It's, it's yeah. not the, the yeah. most flashy class yeah. of recent no, memory. No, but like, like I said before, this is not this is not one of those classes. There's not a there's not a ton of top tier. Now we could look back and be like, there's a lot of guys that you know made the rosters and made a good career out of themselves, but. Even that top three, you know, with Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Mobley, it's you know I don't know if we see perennial All Star, or MV- I don't I don't think I see an MVP in any of those. Um, are they good basketball players? Of course, Jalen Green's going to take this league by storm. He's I'm interested. See, that's that's what I'm interested to see is how these G League Ignite guys that got drafted how they translate to the NBA game. Obviously, they were brought up in the G League Ignite system to play the NBA game, and they yeah. they forego they they didn't go to college. I tell you what, because it, of it, I, but I tell you what, Imani Bates is on the way now. Yeah, he chose he chose the G League Ignite I th- team. I think that. I think kids are going to – the Ignite team is about to go off because seeing Jalen Green go number two, seeing Jonathan Kaminga go number seven, seeing a, a third player being dra- – uh, I forget, was it um, Isaiah Todd? Um, and then Yes, and then Isaiah the, Todd. Uh, yeah, Isaiah Todd getting drafted. So you got three team guys. And then Deshaun Nix, uh, who ended up not getting drafted – you know, right, he was probably, he was the number one recruit going to UCLA. He's probably going to be on a team this year in some capacity. You know what I mean? And he's the fourth best. I mean, he was the fourth best prospect. So, uh, ignite team ignite big winner uh, on draft night. Definitely. Uh, I brought up Detroit. Um, it was funny. We were talking last week. I remember about cade cunningham and we were talking about how he won freshman player of the year but he didn't win national player of the year this was off the air as we were walking yeah. out after the studio uh and they, they got they got them both yeah the pistons drafted luca garza the national player of the year that's a good pick i like that pick i think garza is going to be one of those guys that figures out how to be a pro if if he can if his foot speed isn't just completely trash uh which i don't think it is i think garza is going to be a good backup center uh in you know the the Pistons have lengthy guards, so we'll see we'll see what happens. I'm not in love with their their young guys, but we'll see how you know a Cade Cunningham and a Killian Hayes like coexist. Yeah, but all right, let's uh let's wrap up the draft and move on to NBA free agency. Um, currently it's 7:43 p.m. on August 5th. the The free agency started on August 2nd at what like 3 p.m eastern pacific time right and it went off well let's be real here 
Woj and Shams had all of those tweets saved up in the drafts. And then as soon as the clock struck 3 p.m. or 6 p.m., wherever they were on the West Coast or East Coast, they just hit send on all of those. Yeah, there was a lot of information coming out. Yes. Um, but we're not going to go in chronological order here. Um, I kind of just have uh, a list of um, the guys that signed the max deals that we'll talk about real quick, and then um, the breakdown of, of some of the teams and then what they did and, and some other notable signings. Um, so, all right, first, let's talk about Trey Young and John Collins. Trey Young, he agreed to the max extension with Atlanta for five years, $207 million. And then John Collins, who was a restricted free agent, he's coming back to Atlanta on a five-year, $125 million deal. I think this is great for Atlanta. They are bringing back two of their core guys that got them to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Um, obviously, we can talk about injuries or not, but they were in the Eastern Conference Finals this year, and that's a lot of because of yeah. Trey Young and John Collins, and and those are two homegrown guys that they wanted to keep. Yeah, it was it was pivotal. I mean, Trey was a must. Um, well, and for then, sure. And then John Collins, it's it's good to see that they kind of uh, doubled down on their guys. He, they could have easily let him walk to go get paid elsewhere. Yeah, um, they've got a ton of talent, but you know, John Collins has a rapport and plays well with them, and he's a great high pick and roll guy. So. He, you know, he compliments Trey's game nicely as well. So it's one less thing to worry about. Yeah, definitely. And Trey wasn't a, a free agent this summer. They were just taking care of business a, a couple of years early. And yeah, yeah, they, yeah. He was just get, getting his extension. The the one I think Lucas Lucas is coming. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna be a big one. Yeah, yeah. Lucas is gonna be probably record breaking. Yeah. All right, the Warriors and Steph Curry, they agreed to a four-year, $215 million max extension. Steph Curry becomes the first player in NBA history to sign two contracts worth $200 million or more. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors, they also added Otto Porter Jr. for the vet minimum and Nemanja Bezlinka. I was Bielinka. Yeah, Bielinka. I always forget how to pronounce his name. It's a, um, it's a wild one. Yeah, but he's he's on a one-year de deal as well. Um, great for the Warriors locking up Steph. Um, obviously, Twitter was going crazy about the free Steph movement yeah. after the past couple of years. Um, but it's it's good they got another commitment from him. No, nah, he's a real one. He's gonna be there. With, he's gonna be like Kobe. Like Re I hope so. Like Reggie, you know, like Dirk. I think he's one of those guys. I don't think you ever see him suit up for another team. Yeah, that that he be... doesn't. The the thing you know what he has going that so so many does don't is he's got the the hardware already he doesn't need to right go get a ring somewhere the only thing he's chasing is the the all time record for threes which uh, yeah which he's gonna just obliterate <laughs> yeah I mean if you look at the games played and where he's at on the list yeah I was looking too I mean LeBron LeBron's now at. I think if he scores like 18 and a half points a game the next two seasons, he's the all-time leading scorer. Oh, he'll pass Kareem in two seasons if he averages 18 and a half? Yep. In oh, my goodness. But that's that's over an 82-game span. So you got right. to assume if he's playing 60 to 70, hopefully. So maybe three years at 18 and a half. Okay. You know, but it's like it's a lot closer than, than you'd think. <laughs> that's insane. He's coming in on it, coming in hot. That's insane. 
Um, but real quick, I want to talk about Otto Porter Jr. going to the Warriors because yeah. he was one of the the more sought after free agents. I feel like I know the Lakers were were wanting to go after him, maybe a couple other teams. Um, he he's had injuries uh, over the past couple of years, but when he's out there healthy, he's he was part of those Washington Wizards teams with John Wall and Bradley Beal that made some deep playoff runs in the Eastern Conference that they just ran into LeBron James, unfortunately. Yeah. But, I mean, Otto Porter, he's a he's a good NBA no. player when healthy. And yeah, I think he's a he, big guy, too. He can, yeah. play, you know, he can play multiple positions. And then uh, Bialinka gives him another lanky shooter that can spread the floor. Coming off the bench, yep. yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the Warriors are going to be – the Warriors are going to be fine. It's all it's all about the health of you know Clay Thompson, the health of getting Steph Clay Curry. back is going to be the biggest thing for them. One hundred percent. They've done a good job of building this team. I think Steve Kerr really needs to do some coaching. You know, he, <laughs> well, shots fired at Steve well, Kerr. No, no, I mean like this is a harder job than those those teams of the past. For I think sure, those teams were it, it was easy. This I I didn't mean that in a disrespectful <laughs> way. I meant like we got to really see what he's made of. He's got. Like I just rolled out those three players. He's gonna have three guys in his top eight or nine that are twenty-one years or younger. You know, yeah, Wiseman's coming off the injury. So we've got you know Wiseman, Moody, and, and Kaminga. You've got you're bringing back your center Looney, right? I think and, so. And then you've got Wiggins, and then you've got your big three. You know, so Otto Porter, I think what he brings to the table, he's a better fit than Kelly Oubre because of his two-way ability. I saw Kelly Oubre was having talks with Charlotte before we started recording. Yeah, I don't think U- Oubre was never really a great fit because, yeah, he can score, but he's not like a spot-up guy. But he's too inconsistent. Yeah, it's just he's not a two-guard either. That was a tough tough fit to play him with Wiggins on the perimeter. Yeah. he's more. He should have been playing the backup to Wiggins. Yeah. Um, but, you know, their team is very versatile. They can play Draymond at center now with Otto Porter out there. You know, Otto Porter can play power forward. He can play the three, um, similar to Wiggins. And you know, they've got they've got some big guys. Bialika is going to be in the rotation, yeah, of, uh, as a backup big that can shoot, um, along with Wiseman and Looney. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if Clay Thompson's healthy, this team, I think this team's got the juice. Uh, it's just going to be an interesting uh, coaching job trying to mesh these young kids with these Hall of Famers. Yeah. So, all right, um, the Thunder, we, we kind of already talked about them a little bit with the draft uh, and obviously with Josh Giddy going sixth and pairing him with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. The, the Thunder locked up Shea Gilgis-Alexander to his max contract extension worth five years, $172 million. And, I mean, I think it's just clear where they're going with the draft picks and now locking up Shea. It's to where... They're just going to build around him, and he's the cornerstone of their franchise now. He's going to be. They they need him to be one of their two or three guys. You know, they got to f- obviously find some other guys, but you you know, getting rid of getting rid of Kemba, getting rid of Al Horford. You know, all the keep getting rid of their veterans. Um, they're definitely loading up with young players. They're going to be throwing out a G League team essentially. I mean, they've got they are young. I mean, that's that that Alexander Puskowski kid. Yeah. He's a he's a player. He's a seven foot like ball handler can shoot threes, and he I mean he could be he could be one of these guys that looks so raw and it looks hilarious looking back. But if he grows into his body, he, he has a nice game. And you had people like Josh Giddy who's who's great in the open court. Um, you know they they've got some good young pieces and opportunities for 
one of these guys stepping up to be a, a superstar because it looks like Shea is on the way of being a borderline all-star. Like, I think he's, he could actually be in that Bradley Beal, C.J. McCollum. Like, if he reaches his potential, that's where yeah. he could be. That's a good piece. No, I, I mean, I definitely think Shea Gilgis Alexander has a lot of potential and can become one of those maybe yeah. all-star, all-NBA-type guys. But, I mean, to commit five years to a team that's going through what yeah. they're going through, that's that's a lot to take on. But that says a lot about what he's willing to, it, to go through. It, it seems like they're going to try, try and actually, you know, win some games here in the next year or two. Hopefully. They, they may not be out there trying to win games this year, uh, but it looks like they're not trying to, you know, tank for years. Yeah. They, they don't need to because they have the picks no matter what. Right, they have the picks. They don't need to tank anymore. They've they're, traded all their assets they're, they're for not, those they're picks. Not, you know, they're not hamstrung by their draft position. Exactly. They're, I mean, really, their draft position is dictated yeah. by how other teams yeah. do. Yeah, exactly. So I, I look for them to try to actually be competitive, and the Thunder is always the franchise that's throwing out better product than you'd realize. Yeah. So, all right, next thing on the list we got. All right, Tyler, I know I've said a bunch already that we're going to talk about the Lakers and Russell Westbrook and all of that next week mm -hmm. with Harrison Fagan from Silver Screen and Roll. But we got to talk about the other part of the trade in it because there were some other names attached to this trade now because, like I said, it is a five-team yep. trade now. And, and I'll just I'll go through the details of the full trade right now and so we can talk about the other pieces of it, but because mainly I want to talk about Spencer Dinwiddie. I was um, going to say the Bulls. You want to talk we'll, about the Bulls? We'll talk about the Bulls after this. Okay. I was I have them in the team breakdown section. I wanted to get through all the max contracts first, and then Spencer Dinwiddie and the Wizards. Yeah, and... all of that. So all right, this full trade is is it, it breaks down like this: the Wizards are going to receive Spencer Dinwiddie on a sign and trade for three years, sixty-two million dollars. They also receive Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma from the Lakers. Then they get Aaron Holiday from the Pacers as part of trading the Lakers' number 22 pick to Indiana. So Aaron Holiday is also going to be a wizard. They also get the draft rights to Isaiah Todd, G League Ignite guy. Yep. And cash considerations from Indiana. So Aaron Holiday. They, they got a whole damn team. Yeah, really. Fuck. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, they got a lot better. Yeah, the Wizards. They, I, I mean, they got a lot, but that's a uh, that Wizards team mixed with the 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 centerpiece and Bradley Beal, Rui Hachimura. You got your young forwards with Rui and Denny. Yep. Um, and then you know Thomas Bryant coming off of injury. They've got a lot going going in the right direction for them. Yes. Now the Nets, because they're giving up Spencer Dinwiddie, they receive the. Uh, they receive a pick from Washington, a 2024 second-round pick, another 2024 second-round pick swap from Washington, an $11.5 million trade exception, and the rights to a 2015 first-round pick by the Spurs by the name of Nikola Militino Milit Milutinov, something like that. All right. We'll the draft and stash guy? Yeah, draft and stash guy. A 2015 first-round pick for the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what the Nets get for Spencer Dinwiddie. They just wanted to get rid of Spencer Dinwiddie because he was a free agent. They just yep. needed to make a sign-and-trade work. That's fair. All right. Now the Spurs, they get Chandler Hutchinson from Washington and then a 2020, 
2022 second round pick from Washington. The Lakers, they receive Russell Westbrook and two second round picks from Washington. Pretty good for the Lakers. They have a good track record with second round picks and obviously Russell Westbrook. We'll talk about next week. The Pacers, they get the rights to the number 22 pick, Isaiah Jackson, from the Lakers. So that's how the Spencer Dinwiddie sign-and-trade breaks down. Um, Isaiah Jackson was an old high school teammate of Lamelo at Spire. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yep. I didn't know that. Just a tidbit for you there. There we go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, we, we kind of already touched on it, but the Wizards, I think, minusing – Russell Westbrook from the equation, what they got back, I think, is pretty substantial. I think it equates the value of Russell Westbrook, especially getting Spencer Dinwiddie in return. I think that backcourt of Beal and Dinwiddie is going to be something to to keep your eye on in the East, especially if Dinwiddie comes back healthy from that partially torn ACL. Yeah, Dinwiddie's going to be one to come come out and prove himself yet again, which he always has to do. And he, he's, um, he's done it his entire career. Yeah, he's one of those guys. I mean, that's that is that is Dimwitty. Um not, he's faced a lot of adversity in his career and he's kind of, you know, blossomed into a player most people didn't see coming. That's gonna be yeah. The the only thing I worry about is like how does he look coming back? Is Bradley Beal's head in it? Does he want to be in Washington? Because really if Brad Beal is like on an FU tour and wants to take this Wizards team to the playoffs, he, he could probably do it. I mean, I think they have enough going on to where they could actually, you know, compete in the East. But it's all that, – that whole ship's going to go by way of Bradley Beal's, you know, mindset, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, listen, Trez is on a one-year player option that he had to opt into to be a part of the trade. So he's on a prove-it year, basically – and then I'm looking up how much, uh, how many, how many years KCP has left on his deal. But Kuzma signed a three-year deal last year, so yeah. you get at least two years of Kuzma in Washington, and you get this year and next year of KCP in Washington. No, they 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 have a good team if Bradley Beal wants to be the number one guy. I you think know, he does now. It's, it's now that Russ it. is out of the equation, and I know if you they... take Brad Beal off of this roster, it all of a sudden looks like a bunch of like secondary guys. Well, and I'd say it's a, probably a bottom half of the Eastern Conference team. Oh, it's it's a lottery. Yeah, it's it's a it's probably a bottom five team without Brad Beal. Honestly, like all those guys are good, but you know, but they need someone to play off of. Um, you know, like Rui's going to be a star in this league. I think he's headed towards like an All Star career. Uh, just because, you know, he wants to be one of those guys that defends all five positions. So it'd be sick to see Rui and Kuzma out there together um, in the starting lineup with a Brad Beal and a Dimwitty and a Thomas Bryant. And you still have, you know, you still have Montrez and KCP and Denny. And I think I think they got another forward as well. Well, I think oh, they drafted Cody Kispert. Yeah. A, sh- a shooter. Uh, yeah, from Gonzaga. A, a forward. So, you know. And I think they've Isaac Bonga is still on the team. They've got they've got a lot of depth at at the forward and bigs positions, and then they've got their talent at the guard positions where, you know, they can play a ton of minutes. It's not going to be detrimental um, to to you know, taking somebody's minutes on the backside. So, uh, the Wizards, I, I like the Wizards if if Bradley Beal likes the Wizards. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, listen, from everything that I have read and seen, the Russell Westbrook 
Wizards breakup was pretty amicable. Him and Bradley Beal were in contact about it the whole time. So it's like, I feel like now that Bradley Beal knows once again that it's his team, he doesn't have John Wall next to him. He doesn't have Russell Westbrook next to him. Now that he knows it's his team, I think he's committed to D.C. Yeah, well, let's hope so. You know, because <laughs> so, he could easily ask to be traded. Oh, or, easily. Or he could easily, and he has every or right he to. could easily be, you know, sought after in the market for a Ben Simmons or, you know, whoever – Hey, what whatever big you know big teams are trying to still like work, uh, Golden State. Well, and what's stuff crazy? Like that. What's crazy is is the Wizards they tried to flip Trez and Kuz for Dinwiddie before having to make this a five team deal. They tried to make yeah. it a smaller deal. Yeah. Um, but Brooklyn didn't want Kuz or Trez, yeah. and so it's like we 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 we're not really sure if this is what Washington will look like come the start yeah, of the season yeah because they do have a log jam of positions but um trez i feel like he's gonna be he's a guy that's kind of like if you're one of these teams in the middle he's not necessarily what you want i think yeah. he's a title contender kind of guy now like he's got to be the backup center on a really good team yeah and i mean at least he's gonna hopefully get an opportunity wherever he's at in this one year to prove no, going he's gonna, into free he's gonna, agency. I think he's going to have a good year. He's going to get he's going to get a ton of minutes. Like that was and that was gonna the problem in LA. There was a logjam. He's he's better than their starting center. So, it's going to go back to like it was in the Clippers where he was better than the starting center. It was just a better, you know, a better rotation having him coming off the bench. Yeah. But all right, let's talk more about Chicago because uh, you wanted you wanted to talk about Chicago. I think they're yeah. the I think they're them in Miami are the two big winners yeah. of and, free agency and, besides the Lakers. I think the Lakers won free agency, but we'll talk next week. Yeah, but it's it's hard to say the Lakers won free no, agency. No, not won free agency. Are a winner. Uh, Excuse me. Or, are a or winner. the off season is is more you know because their big move was a trade. That's fair. But but, uh, but as far as free agency goes and just off seasons in general, Chicago and Miami big fans of what they've done and they did it the same way they both just got better on the perimeter is just let's let's load up a guard and yeah. load up at wing and and let's be ready to to score with these you know these high scoring teams these these philadelphias and brooklyn's and milwaukee's we're gonna have to throw up a lot of points or you know so um chicago going out and getting lonzo ball uh, lonzo and zach levine first of all <laughs> What a great combo. <laughs> the Bruin connection, guys, baby. My guys. Um, but both of them lengthy, tall guards. I mean, yeah. both of them, you know, Lonzo's 6'5", at least, maybe 6'6". Six, six. I think he's 6'6". Six, six. And Zach Levine's 6'7". So that's a huge set of guards. And then you bring in a Caruso as an energy guy off the bench. Yeah, and, we'll talk about that. Which is dope. I think this is going to be a great opportunity. For, Caruso's the kind of guy that has to get paid. He's got to get the most money out of his out of his career. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, DeMar DeRozan being the other big addition for them, just another perimeter player to throw out there. for And so for them to be able to have guys like DeRozan, Levine, and, and Lonzo on the court together, um, you've got a lot of scoring abilities. You've got a lot of length. And you've got three guards, um, so you've got a lot of skill on the court. Yeah. And then to match that with a two-time All-Star center in 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 Busevich. Yep. You know, so you've got Demar with a couple All Stars. I think maybe four. Um, you've got Zach Levine with an all, a first-time All Star. You got Busevich a two-time All Star. Potential gold medal too. It's uh, uh, the Chicago Bulls are looking 
looking solid. No, I mean the 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 Bulls they they've been in NBA purgatory for a long time. Yep. And I mean, realistically, since Jordan left. And yeah. I think this I mean those D Rose teams. No, those D Rose teams. East. Yeah, no, those D Rose teams were insane, but they didn't win a championship. And yeah. when Michael left, the standard was championships in Chicago. Yep, for sure. And this team, the way it's assembled, I mean, they've locked up Lonzo four years, eighty-four million dollars. They got DeMar on a three-year, $85 million deal, and they gave Caruso four years, $37 million. I mean, they're clearly locked into this team. They made the move to get Vucevic midseason, and that was clearly a move that they needed to make to prove to Zach Levine that they were all in because the rumors were already starting to swirl that no, Zach could it, leave. It's, and it's disappointed they didn't make the push to make the playoffs with those those guys. Right. But now, with the moves they've made in the offseason and with the way the East is set up, I think they could be a playoff team in the East next year. They, I definitely think they're a playoff team. They 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 do need to get – they do need to figure out what the fuck they're doing with marketing. Well, you he's know, a restricted he's kinda, free agent. He's kind of like a wasted asset of theirs right now. Um, he's not – He's not part of their future anymore, it seems like. And that was clear once Vucevic came. Yeah, and I mean, and it was like it was like one year you're their guy, next year you're not. That's how it goes. So uh, they move on from marketing, and I think this team is is looking good. Yeah, but all right. And then the 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 Heat. Yeah, know, I was just about to transition the heat, to the Heat doing the same thing, kind of doubling down on perimeter players and picking up a Kyle Lowry. Right. So they they picked up Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris. They locked up Jimmy Butler to the max, and yeah. then they paid Duncan Robinson. They bring back Victor Oladipo and Dwayne Dedman. So you've got you've got Oladipo, Lowry, Hero, Dragic. I mean, you've got a lot of skill. Like I said, you can play three guards, and you have a ton of skill, ton of versatility. You can run Jimmy Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson and and pj tucker and all all uh morris all those guys are like fours now for you yeah and that's i mean those are hoopers those are basketball players um they're not necessarily just three and d guys although well, some PJ people on tucker the internet is, tyler but, might say hoopers and basketball players are different but yeah so that's i mean that's what i was <laughs> but that but those guys are no those I, was guys just, are I was making a joke but, about some crazy he, internet Mark, stuff no no but it's true i i, I know what they were trying to say <laughs> it's a stupid thing to try to say because it doesn't matter. <laughs> but there are basketball players and there's hoopers. Yeah. I mean, campaign is a fucking hooper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this kid knows how to put the ball in the bucket. And and, and then you've got uh um guys like Mark Markeith Morris. That's a hooper. This yeah. guy's this guy can play one through. And I'm five sad to see Markeith leave the Lakers too, but I'm happy he's going to a situation where he can he can be on a contender. No, that heat team is gonna be they got some dogs down yeah, there. Yeah, that Heat team's going to be dangerous. I'd... The East is the East is shaping up to look look uh, formidable. Well, the East might be looking better than the West right now. Teams like teams like Boston better be nervous, you know, because I don't got, know what Boston's doing right now. They've got the talent. Um, well, I mean, they still got well. Okay, they still got arguably the third best player in the East. According according to four, my friend, maybe top five player in the East. According to my friend Nick Smith, who is the biggest Boston Celtics fan that I know, according to him, the plan is to dump salary this year so they can save up 
for next year to go after Bradley Beal next summer, so that locks up the Jays long-term. So that's what he says the plan is in Boston. I'm not really sure if it's going to work out that way, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. But back back to the Heat. I think the Heat are a real contender now in the East. I mean, I know they were in the finals two years ago now against, or not really two years ago, but two seasons ago. It was really 10 months ago. Um, or, yeah, 10 months ago now. Um, but they were in the, the finals against the Lakers, but they were disappointed to lose in the playoffs this year the way they did to the Bucks. I think with how they reloaded and even upgraded yeah now um they're they're serious contenders in the in the eastern conference but the bucks and the heat are both kind of like i think on the same echelon which is i mean crazy because the bulls haven't been in playoffs he were just in the finals but well you know, let's not forget it, philly the, if, if ben all, simmons is still on the team all these well I, that's what i was going to say it's still brooklyn milwaukee philly in my mind and yeah. then you know all these other teams are kind of but i think we have to the add service. the heat into that now the heat the i think the heat the bulls the hawks the the knicks you know the celtics there there's a lot of well, that's seven so there that, there's that, your I mean, and that's that's just off the top you know what i mean like well those, one of we those just teams would technically be in the playoff playing game we just talked about washington we you know i uh, you know i'm a big fan of charlotte obviously um Indiana's got a good basketball team. You know, there's a there's a lot of good talent in the East. It's uh, you know, one if a Philly or or a Brooklyn or Milwaukee isn't healthy, you know, these other teams are ready to go. They're ready to take the mantle. All right, let's, but it's 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 Brooklyn all day. Yeah, well, yeah, but all right, let's let's go out west for a second. We'll we'll come back to the East in a minute. Uh, you brought up campaign, interestingly enough, just off off the top. Uh, and my he's next, a great example of a hooper, not my, a basketball player. My next team on the list, though, was Phoenix and being able to retain both Chris Paul and Campaign. I think Chris Paul maybe took some money from Campaign hmm. because Campaign definitely deserved more with the way he performed in the playoffs and in Chris Paul's absence. But Chris Paul, he signed for four years, $120 million. Uh, it doesn't, like, it sounds bad. And I, even I clowned it at first, but apparently it came out that the third year is partially guaranteed, and then the fourth year is non-guaranteed. So it doesn't really look as bad as it sounds. Um, and then campaign, he got three years, $19 million. And then they're adding, actually, JaVale McGee on a one-year $5 million deal. So um, I like what Phoenix did, obviously keeping the core intact, retaining yep. Chris Paul, getting campaign yep. back. Adding a guy like JaVale McGee is, I think, a solid move. He's a veteran guy. He's a champion. Mm -hmm. He's something that they were missing, I think, when uh, Dario Saric went out. Yeah, yeah. No, the Saric, Saric got those minutes. He's he's uh, McGee's a different type of player. Um, yeah, completely ty and, different type of and player. He won't, but... And, no, and he, but he's a good good piece for them to be a backup center. You and he lose. won't take away from DeAndre Ayton's game. And he won't take away from Saric because you can play Saric. Saric's a skilled big guy. He well, I think with the, with the timing of Saric getting hurt, I don't see, think we see him for a while. Well, yeah, no, and that that could be that could be true, but it, it's just as far as that basketball team goes, that's a good that's a good pickup. And honestly, they probably didn't have any time to negotiate deals. I mean, they were in the finals, and then bam, it was free agency. So they didn't. I don't they think knew this their, was a team that needed to do a lot, and they didn't. Right, they knew their objectives going into the off season, and 
realistically it came down to if Chris Paul wanted to play another year or another couple years in Phoenix because he had the choice and he decided to stay. They paid him this, this accordingly. Was, this was his year. I just don't see. I don't see another. I don't see. A, That's what I wanted to get to. Is I don't, I don't see. I don't see a window where they they get back to the finals with Chris Paul. No, um, it's just, unfortunately not. You know, it would take another guy, and and that guy's not coming this or year. Or it would take some more injuries, which it would take a lot. I mean, it took a lot to get him there this <laughs> yeah, year. So yeah. I, I just I don't see a, a scenario where this Suns team. Uh, makes it back to the finals with Chris Paul. It, I think these they're going to be a team that for this the next two years with Chris Paul they're going to be top three, top four in wins in the West. Be a, be a, you know a home court advantage team in the first round of the playoffs and just probably not make it out of the first or second round. Yeah. So all right, let's let's go back to the East. Uh, you mentioned them uh, when we were talking about some of the the playoff potential teams in the East already. The New York Knicks. They kept D Rose. They kept Taj Gibson. They kept Nerlens Noel. They kept Alex Burks. They kept Reggie Bullock, and they add Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker. Now, let me just run through the deals real quick. Evan Fournier, four years, seventy-eight million dollars. Derrick Rose, three years, forty-three million dollars. Nerlens Noel, three years, thirty-two million dollars. Reggie Bullock, three years, thirty point five million dollars. Alec Burke, three years, thirty million dollars. Taj Gibson, Taj Gibson on a one-year, $2.7 million. And then the late addition, uh, I believe yesterday, was Kemba Walker getting bought out of the remaining two years, $74 million, uh, left on his deal after getting traded to Oklahoma City for Al Horford and Moses Brown, who Boston has already traded again. Um, but uh, so Boston traded Kemba Walker to Oklahoma City for Al Horford and Moses Brown. Kemba gets bought out of Oklahoma City. He's now a New York Nick, and they signed him for a one-year, $8 million deal. Um, so Kemba's coming home to New York, which is cool. I'm just not sure what New York was really thinking with the rest of these deals. Well, what 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 they're thinking is is they have – rj barrett on a rookie deal so your second best player on your team is cheap oh but they also so, they so, also locked up julius randall for four years 117 today they just yeah, gave so, him the max so julius is your guy right so, for sure so essentially you know all that that all those guys that are getting like 10 12 mil a year they probably should be getting like six to eight mil a year you were able to give them that money because you know for these next couple of years you got rj on a deal yeah, you know, so that that twenty million that you're not paying your second best player because he's not there yet, but they're gonna have to you pay can, him you, soon. No, yeah, but but by that time, these two and three year deals are gonna be done, hopefully. And, and if and if and if the team is right, I mean, if the team is popping, all those guys are popping, then uh, RJ's still gonna be able to sign with bird rights. I mean, he's gonna be able to. They yeah. can go over the cap with the guy that they drafted, and it you know, uh, honestly, you you see it sometimes. Where a team, you know, if if that progresses, all those guys will just go elsewhere. You know, similar to Golden State, where they when they had a really deep championship team, they win. Those guys got to go, got to leave because now you got to pay, now you got to pay Draymond, now you got to pay Clay. And I guess realistically, these like Derrick Rose, three years, forty three; Nerlens Noel, three years, thirty two; Reggie Bullock, three years, thirty and a half. Those 
those are tradable assets realistically yeah, at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, a ton of them. They're going to be really easy to move and they're not they're not like they're not, you know, really like going overboard. I mean, giving guys a little extra than the mid-level exception just to get or you know that range, it's like what what's the mid-level? Like 8 8 mil. Yeah, I think. 7 8 mil. Yeah. So to give guys like 10 12 mil, it's I think that's you're spending extra on guys you want. Because you're saving on a guy like RJ. And it's and guys that were said, on the team last year. Yeah, I think they like their team. I mean, they just shook the world this last year. Yeah, I just so, I just also don't think realistically at the end of the day, this is a championship team. I don't necessarily think that they they believe that either. I think they think, you know, Julius is, took that big step. Now we just need him to be, you know. Our, to stay our, at that level. To stay at that level. RJ is going to take another big step. If RJ takes that step to the, to the all-star level, um, you have a guy like Kemba who fits well because your main ball handler yeah. was Julius Randle. No, I mean that that getting the you point know. guard is really and, I and think Derrick essential. Rose can play, play a lot of minutes. I mean, both these guys could play high twenties. Yeah, I'm just I, you know, I'm worried about Derrick Rose's mileage under Tibbs. Well, he I mean he's gonna be a he's gonna be a bench player playing more than I half know. the game. I know. So he's gonna get. They're going to get a good amount of minutes and not take away minutes from a guy that should be getting like 30-something. R.J. Barrett, Barrett, Julius Randle, they're going to lead the league in minutes this year. You bet your bottom dollar on it. And then all those other veteran guys that are going to compliment them, um, they're going to be be playing manageable minutes and not kind of, you know, gassed out. Now, one thing with the Knicks was they were rumored to be in the Kawhi Leonard mix but they weren't. They just they're, decided not to wait for, they're for him. Load, they're loading up for Zion. You think so? I think th- I really do think that that's what's coming. Interesting. I think that Zion is a real possibility. Like you just said, with all these trade assets, Zion. If the if the Pelicans fuck up this year, Zion's gone. Yeah. No. I mean, listen. The Pelicans. I don't think are doing themselves any favors to keep Zion right now. But that's a whole nother story. Yeah. No. But I I do think that the 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 Knicks like their team and they want they want their young guys to progress and attract more talent. You know, you picked up a D Rose last year. Now you pick up a Kemba. You know, Mitchell Robinson's coming back off of injury. It, you locked in all you locked in your entire bench. Yeah. Like they they've got a ten man roster. They've got they've got good young pieces and they've got a guy in Julius Randle that can kind of be the the corner franchise guy. Yeah. All right, now the Blazers, they, I think, had a lot riding on this free agency, and all they did was keep Norman Powell. They added Tony Snell, Cody Zeller, and Ben McElmore. So Norman Powell, five years, $90 million to keep him. Snell and Zeller are both on one-year deals. I'm not exactly sure the details of Ben McElmore's deal, but I'm guessing it's a one-year minimum type deal. Um, but I just, I don't think these were the types of moves they needed to make to try to keep Damian Lillard happy. Yeah. They're, they're, they're in a weird spot. I mean, which they've kind of been in, but they keep succeeding. So it's, it's tough to go the other way, but, uh, you know, you need Nurk, you need Nurkic to be healthy. Uh, yeah, that's, and, that's key. And, uh, they gave up on Zach Collins. Yeah. Yeah. But they they replace him technically with Cody Zeller, I guess. You know they they could be in the mix. They could be in the Ben Simmons mix. They could be. In I the, think they need to trade CJ for Ben Simmons yesterday. 
Yeah, and if I'm the Sixers, I'm fucking pulling that trigger as fast as possible. Well, the Sixers yeah. are asking too much for Ben Simmons. That's the problem with well, the Sixers. Well, I mean, that's what I think CJ CJ McCollum is like a fucking get. Like that well, I mean, did you, you don't you did don't you, lose any standing position in the East. I think But Bradley did you see Beal, the offer they they wanted back from the Warriors? The Warriors? Yeah. No. It was their two lottery picks, Andrew Wiggins and like three or four more future firsts. That's what yeah, they were asking I mean, for draft, the Warriors. Draft picks, it's like, fuck, who cares if but you're the Warriors? But here's the thing with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons should go play center for the Warriors. Well, here's the, No, but <laughs> the problem with Ben Simmons, though, Tyler, is we literally, like, saw him. Well, we need – we he him and the Sixers need fresh starts equally. Right. But, but like, the Sixers the would be is... better off. Ben Simmons would be better off. It's it's just it's a bad match because of how how bad it's been. Like it's no, but been the an problem is though collapse. the Sixers are acting like everybody didn't just see what Ben Simmons did in the playoffs, or excuse me, did not do in the playoffs. Yeah, but also if you believe in his talent, you're just like, if I don't get if I don't get what I you know deserve back, then I'm not pulling this trigger. Yeah, I guess, but it's it's tough i mean i just i don't know what the blazers are going to do i think this ultimately ends with damian lillard asking for a trade and then yeah just, which would we'll be see too bad happens. because i think you know dame wanted to do it in portland it just hasn't he hasn't been able to attract that he's that. done everything he's needed to do no and i think he wanted to do it but you know you can only do so much by yourself yeah but all right the spurs they obviously lost demar Derozan. They also lost Patty Mills, but they add Zach Collins, Doug McDermott, and Bryn Forbes. What do we think about this? Um, Zach Collins is a good pickup for them. He's he's a spur type of guy. Uh, what what uh, Dougie they're McBuckets? They're bringing back Patty. They're they're bringing back Bryn Forbes, who just won a championship in Milwaukee. That's a good get. Uh, Doug Mc, Doug McDermott's a good spur. He, he's going to be all right. They signed uh was it who did i see that's coming back was it sam decker oh is he was that who he was signed with the spurs or they signed somebody like some overseas player too maybe that's what i'm thinking of i think they signed an overseas player that was like a veteran guy but ultimately though all that aside the spurs team has nothing going for him that well that's what i was getting to it's just like this, this is this is a this it's is the lottery. End. This is the lottery team. Yeah. This is the end. Yeah, it's over. There's <laughs> there's there's nobody there anymore. DeJounte Murray is their their kind of cornerstone piece to work around it, essentially. So they're gonna put together a bunch of crafty basketball players out there and Pop's gonna try and do his thing, but yeah, it it may be time for a new day in San Antonio. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of just crazy. I mean, you don't really see that type of longevity and i mean realistically the the longevity of the spurs kind of ended a, a few years ago it's kind of been a new iteration since tim dunk and tony parker and M manny ginobili left but they've still made the playoffs yeah. since then well and they still kind of tried to tease you with you know the marcus aldridge's demar DeRozan's, and you know Dejounte was a good piece and they they have a they always have a good you know, they always have a good group of veteran, you know, role players. Um, but this this is, I mean, yeah, this is one of the worst teams in the league. Probably, <laughs> it's so crazy probably, we're saying that about the Spurs, man. Probably bottom five roster on the in the league. Man, 
That's why. I mean, I think it's got to be a roster that's only <laughs> the only teams it's better than is the Houston's of the world, the Oklahoma City's of the world. Maybe you know, maybe Orlando, although Orlando has a little bit more going going for them, but it's a bad roster. Oof. All right. Well, let's let's move on then. Uh, the Spurs they lost Patty Mills to Brooklyn, so yeah. I figured we'll we'll just move on to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, they kept Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown Jr. They add Patty Mills and James Johnson. Patty Mills was uh, being targeted by the Lakers. He ended up choosing Brooklyn over the Lakers. Um, I think that's a huge pickup for them, being able to keep Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown, who were able to produce more than I think people were expecting for the Nets. Um, And then adding a dog like James Johnson, I think, is perfect for this team. Yeah, Bruce Brown fits their scheme. He does things that he does. He's like a small center. You know, he's he's a a roll to the rim type of player. Shoots, you know, doesn't really take too many threes. Doesn't create shots for himself uh, on the perimeter. So he does the things that allow you know KD to to play center but float out on the perimeter. You yeah. know, he's a he's a good piece. Um, and then. Getting Patty Mills was big time. Uh, just a guy that, you know, with the second unit can handle the rock, score, do a lot of different things. And if if you do have a Kyrie or James Harden injury, he can step into the starting lineup with ease. Yeah. Uh, and he's an NBA champion competitor. too. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a great pickup. Obviously, James Johnson was a good pickup. And then... I, I will say I'd, I like James Johnson as a signing in terms of what he brings not necessarily maybe on the court, but to the locker room and to to the mentality of this team. Yeah. I just I don't think it's a viable replacement for losing someone like Jeff Green. No, but it's yeah, no, it's not. I, I think you get more of Jeff Green's contributions from Patty Mills as far as just being a veteran and a reliable guy, a guy that can step into the starting lineup, a guy that, you know, can play multiple positions. You know, they're different players in different positions, but those kind of intangible things that Jeff Green brought, you know, you could play him on the court with a big three. Right. I think that's kind of the essential. It's like, who are the two guys? Yeah. Who are the other is, two guys that are going to be, be on Joe the court? Harris? Is it going to be Joe Harris? Is it going to be Patty Mills? Is it going to be Blake Griffin? Blake Griffin. You know, I think, I think Blake Griffin and Joe Harris are who they'd like it to be. And then all these, all these other exterior pieces, you need guys that are ready to go. And, yeah, it's plug and, and play from there. And they were very shallow as far as their bench goes. This is a much, you know, they're going to get deeper every year with this. For group. sure. So. No, this this is definitely a much deeper team for Brooklyn than I than last year's iteration of the Nets. And at the end of the day, what it comes down yeah. to for the Nets is health at the end of the day. They need a backup center. Um, well, they still have DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, see, you know. I, and he, they were loyal to him. They, they he's, didn't want to trade him. He's a good player because, you know, you can play him against some of the big, big guys, like the big size, true centers. Yeah. You know, it's tough having Blake Griffin guard you all and beat. You could throw DeAndre Jordan out there. He's a he's a pro, but he needs to be like your third, your third guy, you know. They probably need one more guy in the rotation. It might be James Johnson at center. That might be who they, they roll with, which is yeah. fine. Uh, I think a combination of James Johnson and DeAndre will be will be all right, and just because they're so good everywhere else, and and at, then to have Bruce Brown and Patty Mills on that same second unit. Well, and defensively at center, I think we can say it now: like KD can defend the rim yeah. to an extent. Like he's he averaged no. two blocks a game in Golden State. He 
he's playing it's, really great defense with Team USA right but now. The two blocks a game, you know, that's not a really a telltale for me. No, but he can play like he, yeah. He's he not can, a rim protector. You know, no, he's he not a rim get, protector. He gets but, block shots on the move. Yes, where where you do need a. You just can't have him play too much center because it's just going to cause foul trouble. It's right. Gonna, it, it's it's going to cause fatigue, and those are kind of the things that, those are the those are the bad things about uh, uh you know that's why KD grew up trying to play the three. Is, that's why he says he's I don't not want, seven foot. I don't want to wrestle these big guys every possession, you know, because that those those centers out there, they're those are big human beings, and when they lean on you all game long, it. It draws on your legs, and you don't For have sure. your, and you know, your legs have so much to do with your jump shot. If if you're guarding those big guys underneath, wrestling for rebounds, guarding the you know post, uh, trying to block shots, you're going to be in foul trouble uh, more often than not. So, they need guys that can, they can, they just need guys that can, you know, truly defend the rim. Yeah, just just not that Katie can't. It's just like I don't know if I want Katie playing. No, that shouldn't be his main focus. Yeah. Um, but all right. We mentioned Jeff Green leaving Brooklyn. He went to Denver. That'll be the last team we talk about, and then we'll go through a rapid fire of of some other notable signings. But Denver, they they were able to keep Will Barton. They kept Jermichael Green, and then they add Jeff Green. So, I mean, Denver, they're trying to do whatever they can to to keep their head above water as long as they can in the Western Conference without Jamal Murray. Hopefully he makes it back in time for, for a playoff push, depending on where they're at in the standings. But... I just think with without Jamal Murray, this team isn't the same. No, they're not a contender to to like win the West. They're going to be a playoff team without. I mean, Jokic alone is essentially. No, Jokic play, is the MVP. Like he, essentially, Jokic is a playoff team by himself. But uh, they're not a real threat to make a deep run. I like without, adding Jeff Green though. No, the, this team, you know, they were already kind of fit. They they just didn't need to do too much or not. You know, like that. Th- in addition of Jeff Green, that's that's a good that's a good addition because he doesn't ruffle any feathers anywhere. You know, they're still the same team with with him and without him. Yeah. So all right, rapid fire some other notable signings real quick. Jared Allen staying in Cleveland, five years, a hundred million dollars. They just drafted Evan Mobley at number three overall in this draft. I'm not really sure. They're going to play them together. I mean, Evan, Evan Mobley is going to play the four. I guess. This kid, I just, this kid can play. Evan Mobley is a freak around the rim. He but is run. Jared Allen worth $100 million? I think so. I mean, Jared Allen is is a, is one of the promising young bigs in the league, I would say. Outside of the top tier, so, you know, your Jokic's, your Embiid's, your Cats, like the top top guys, I think Jared Allen is pushing to be in that second tier guys. Interesting. I I maybe I, I just I've don't always, see him that I've way. I've always been a been a Jared Allen fan. I think he was a, he was a really good uh, piece that it's too bad Brooklyn had to let go because he is exactly what they need. If it, I no, mean it, if I was Brooklyn and I could get trade Joe Harris for Jared Allen or trade you know any of those other like supporting players for Jared Allen, I would. Interesting. I, and I think that him and Mobley are going to be a problem. They're going to, it's that Jared Allen can shot block, just like I said. And yeah. now, and now, and Mobley can run the court. No, and now you, Mobley's going to be, it's going to be off to the races. They have good, they've drafted good guards there with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Uh, and we don't know what's going to happen with them because there were rumors one of those two guys could get, could get traded this offseason. Yeah. I mean, that's a good luxury to have because one of those two, one of those two guys is going to work out for you. So, um, 
they're they're different types of players, but they've got a couple young guards. Jetty's a nice wing, and then throwing um, throwing Mobley and Jared Allen. That's going to be one of the better big guy combos in the league. They should let they should let Kevin Love just go pick where he wants to play. Yeah, I think he ends up getting bought out at some point. Yeah, just go let him play in Boston or Portland or something like that. Portland would be a good spot for him. That's where he's from. Yeah. So that'd be, you know. But yeah, free Kevin Love, man. <laughs> it's too bad to see this, like, the end of his prime went down like that. Yeah. But all right, next one. Tim Hardaway stays in Dallas. Four years, $74 million. Obviously, he's been a part of the core down there for a few years now, so I think that's that's just them keeping their guy. And Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, that's the right amount of money, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's like a difference maker for that franchise, but they need they need players. Yeah, they need guys just to play with Luca at this point. Yeah, well, they need to keep Luca happy is really what they need to do. Yep. All right, Mike Connolly stays with the Jazz three years, seventy two and a half million dollars. He's kind of had an up and down tenure with the Jazz, uh, experienced some injuries. Um, maybe not as maybe hasn't has performed as as well as he would have liked. Uh, with the Jazz since uh, playing so well in Memphis. But I like this move for the Jazz. Clearly, they still think they're a contender in the West going to uh, – they didn't go to the Western Conference Finals. They lost to the Clippers. Yep. See, I didn't – I got my memory this yeah, week. Yeah. Last week it, it – uh, uh, No, the Jazz got better, I think. They picked up Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. Who's like, I mean, when you bring a go bear out, you put a white side in, it's like, that's not. That's one for one. That, well, not one for one. Not, but... No, but like you're getting a really quality player for your quality player. Typically there's a huge drop off. That's like you, you, you're you essentially getting that exact same skill set. Uh, another big, two true centers. They picked up a Rudy Gay and Eric Paschal, uh, Another, Yeah, they traded for Eric Paschal from the which, Warriors. Which, you know, Ingles plays a primary game, and Royce White is a more undersized But Paschal and Donovan Mitchell were teammates. So, to get, to get, I think those are good, those are like, you know, you need those, like, more of those power forwards. Not power forward in the sense of, like, old school fours, but power as in, like, built, you know, uh, you know, they can do a little more um, things on the defensive end, rebounding-wise. Uh, then like a Royce, a Royce O'Neal who's smaller than those two guys, and then a Joe Ingles who is there. He's a big guy, but he plays the perimeter. Yeah, the Jazz I, got the Jazz got better. They're gonna be they're gonna be another top four seed. All right, Rishwan Holmes stays in Sacramento four years, fifty five million dollars. I think that was, I think the these Kings are the kind biggest. of moves I I, you know, it's just hard to judge in the in the moment because it just. So often than not, it doesn't. It's like hinders you, or it's not a player yeah. that's going to be part of your. I just think that was number or, one on the the Kings list was to keep Rishon Holmes, which is yeah. I mean, which is weird, but I think you know they're another team that's trying to build themselves to trade. Yeah, uh, Gary Trent Jr. staying in Toronto five years, fifty three million dollars. Uh, there's rumors that Pascal Siakam might be on the move. They obviously traded Kyle Lowry, um, so. I think Gary Trent Jr., they're going to try and keep him and try and maybe make him a focal point uh, around, I don't know, OG Ananobi. Yeah, it's I, – I, I don't I know think, what Toronto's I, doing. I would – Toronto had a weird year. I wouldn't try to jump to judge Toronto too much. They had to essentially play away games the entire season. Yeah, that was tough. So, um, Van Vliet is a player. Siakam's a player. 
But if Siakam's on the move, what do they have? Well, I don't. That's that's where I'm like, and it, it would seem weird for him to be on the move. He's a super valuable piece. He's a legit All Star caliber uh, four. He can play against guys like Durant, Giannis, and Ben Simmons in the playoffs. And Chris Boucher is a is a rising center. I think in this league, he's going to be a player. So to pair to pair OG Siakam, their new kid Scotty Barnes. Sorry, I'm. I was looking up Siakam trade rumors just so I could have it confirmed. Nine hours ago, apparently, uh, Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report, uh, the Blazers and Raptors have talked about swapping C.J. McCollum and Pascal Siakam. That now that I mean, I wouldn't trade trade Siakam if I was Toronto. But if you got your opportunity to get a C.J. McCollum, then you kind of have to do that. That that's that's the caliber you're looking at. You know, anything less, it's like, no, I'm going to keep my guy. He's going to be someone we can lean on in the future. Yeah. All right. Uh, Devontae Graham signing trade to New Orleans for a 2022 lottery-protected first-round pick from the Hornets, and he signed for four years, $47 million. Obviously, New Orleans needed a point guard with losing uh, Lonzo Ball. Uh, we kind of already talked about uh, them trying to keep Zion happy to – It's not looking good. Yeah. I don't I don't I understand this move. Their roster I think got worse even though they're trying to do some schematic things. Um but to to lose Lonzo Ball, to lose Steven Adams, you only get in return Devontae Graham and Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, that's not really. Yeah, I mean Boke Knight or, or not Boke Knight. Uh, that's that's the Hornets. That's the other ball team, but uh, <laughs> and the other New Orleans team. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, the Pelicans, man. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I've never been a big B.I. guy, so, like, B.I. to me is not someone that's, like, a legit number one. You know, I I think he could be a number two. Is he the right number two for Zion? Maybe. I think they're actually, you know, he could be. He has the ability. They're really Uh, just missing a point guard. But the rest of that team is just, like, all of a sudden not very impressive. Yeah. But no, they're they're just really missing a point guard, and I don't think Devontae with, Graham is the point guard for them. You know, but with when you had Bledsoe and Lonzo and Steven Adams, and they still couldn't and, make it work, and Josh Hart and Bi, and you had all those guys around Zion, that seemed a little better. But yeah, it's not looking good. I think I think this team is destined to lose Zion now. Yeah. All right, T.J. McConnell staying in Indiana three years, thirty-two and a half million dollars. I think this is a good move for Indiana, keeping uh, one of their core guys, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good move for TJ, staying in Indiana, getting paid like that. And, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the Pacers are going to be one of those teams that's probably, like I would like to say. I they're think they're in the playing tournament. Like, yeah, I would like to say they're on the outside looking in, but they always play better than – than you think you know they they're they play well together if they can keep miles turner uh healthy Levert um, and brogdon yeah you know it's it's, it's bonus it's a bonus all-star all so they have good players you could easily see that team in the playoffs yeah and then uh the milwaukee fan favorite bobby portis staying in milwaukee two years nine million dollars uh just he was a fan favorite on that championship team i think it's it's pretty cool that he's staying in milwaukee he he could have gone elsewhere for more money maybe but yeah, he, nah, he chose I mean, to stay I think in he Milwaukee. had the best year of his life, so. Yeah. Um, all right. Andre Drummond signed one-year minimum deal in Philly to to back up Joel Embiid. Kind of funny uh, with what he was rumored to be looking for at, at, at the start of free agency um, and, and how his 
tenure with the Lakers ended. That's um, how, that's how it goes though. When you want to play, like that's the that's kind of the the risk you take with he what he is a starting center in this league. And if the Lakers are in the championship or win the championship, it's a completely different story. Yeah, you know what I mean. Now now all of a sudden he's worth a lot. Yeah. So I mean Anthony Street calls Davis. I think. Okay. P- Stop I th- it. I think he cost no. he cost him. I think he whoa, cost whoa, them whoa, whoa, a lot whoa, whoa, of money. No, Andre Drummond. No, no. Dr- Drummond. I'm not no, saying. Do not I'm blame not saying Drum- Drummond. No, 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 not no, no. Tyler, Drummond. do not do not call Anthony Davis street clothes. Anthony hey, Davis. Hey, when he's in street clothes, man, that team doesn't win. He's played more games in his career than Kawhi if, Leonard has. If uh, that no, and, hey, Kawhi is just Kawhi is the same. He's in the same bracket of of street clothes style. Then why doesn't he get that kind of flack? Because he's got he's got jewelry with a couple different franchises now. And, and I know he has jewelry after putting up no. one of the most historic runs as a center big man in the league yeah and Kawhi did it 10 years ago you know Almost that, 10 years that, ago that's 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 why i mean you ask because he did it with popovich no and the spurs and he went and did it in Canada. don't call anthony davis street clothes tyler he's only street clothes when he's in street clothes all right he's on the court he's he can be the brow he's the man he, it's the he, off season he is there he is the motor of this laker team if he is not on the team they're not winning a championship He's not on the court. They're not winning. We'll talk about the Lakers this next year week, or Tyler. last year. But what my main point was, why I brought him into the mix, and same with Schroeder. These guys bet on themselves. They bet well, Schroeder. They bet on themselves to. They bet on their their value, and they knew that if they go and play play for the Lakers and they win a championship, that that value that they're seeking, they're going to get. Yeah. Now they 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 hopefully knew that there was a risk involved. Shooter dug win himself it. his own grave. He's different than Drummond, I think. I think people are being too hard on Shooter. I think the guy bet on himself. I I I got respect for that. He he knew what he wanted to be. He wanted to get to the point where he was a starting point guard in the NBA. You and and he proved he's not. He he got the but but he went all in. You know what I'm saying? He passed yeah, up, he passed it. up the money uh, because. He felt like this is my one opportunity to get this 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 value that I think I'm at this hundred million dollars or whatever whatever it was that he wanted that he said no to. He said no to four four eighty four. Yeah, no, and I think and at the time I you know I said he's betting on himself and if he gets and if they win the ring he's gonna get more than that. So it's hard for me to to be too hard on people like Drummond. Drummond's got to go. No, I'm not being hard on Drummond. Drummond's got to go play backup. Drummond's got to go play backup center when he's really a starting center in the league, but hopefully this is a career wake up where his effort needs to be more uh consistent. Well, and he know? needs to work on other I'm not areas saying these guys played super well and they deserve the numbers that are in their head, but I do know that these guys are talented players. I mean, Schroeder No, I know. Schroeder cooks bench point guards for a living his right. whole career he's a six man and so you're gonna think that you're a starter if you just cook everybody a six man of the year candidate for years in atlanta and oklahoma city and la if if you if you do that you're gonna think you're a starter you you're betting on yourself you you think i'm gonna win this as a starting point guard for the lakers i'm gonna win this championship and people are gonna finally see it i'm gonna be worth what i think i'm worth i just think that just because it didn't work out. It's it's easy to to kind of judge it now, but but no, I like to look were... at the in the fact that Schroeder bet on himself. Yeah, he I said get that. no. That's not what I'm worth. I'm worth more. I... He he's not. He's not. He's not worth more than eighty mil. 
But he, it's coming from a place of like confidence. No, and, and I get that. I'm going to sign up for the Lakers to win a championship, and they're gonna they're gonna propel me into stardom. I know. I'm not talking about that though. I'm talking if about Anthony Davis is on the court for no, that playoff run. They're winning a championship, yes. and all of a sudden, Drummond and Schroeder are we're looking at them differently. But and they're getting more. But talking about what we saw from them. Drummond clearly needs to work on his touch and his finesse and movement around the basket on offense. It's, I think I think Drummond's an effort thing, which a lot of that stuff you just said is is probably effort. Well, and work ethic. Yeah, work. Yeah, putting exactly. in the, putting yeah. in the work. Yeah, because the dude is is talented. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, I, he's I, a he's a twelve and twelve guy, night in night out. Yeah, but all right. Anyway. Hey, I'm just saying that Drummond, Drummond, Drummond to me dug himself his own grave. Yeah, yeah, he and and you could say that you could say he dug it, but he dug it by betting on himself, and I got to respect that because sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But you 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 bet on yourself. All right, you want that in a player? Last one, Ennis Cantor, Ennis Cantor signing back in Boston on a one year deal. No, he's in Brooklyn. No, Ennis Cantor's in Boston. Oh, sorry. I was thinking Fournier. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Fournier's Cantor, in New York, but in not Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, the Knicks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. No, uh, Cantor is a good pickup. Al Horford's a good pickup. They need centers. That's all they need. I mean, that's all this team really needed was, was The centers. ghost of Celtics past. They, they need centers. All right. Um, I mean, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart are great. They could play with anybody. Yeah. All right, um, real quickly, I'll just run through who the Lakers have reportedly signed. Obviously, we'll talk about that all next week with Harrison Fagan from Lakers uh, SB Nation, Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, they reportedly are bringing back THT. They signed Kendrick Nunn, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, and Malink, Malik Monk. Um, Tyler, real quick, your winners and losers from free agency. Uh, I mean, obviously the Lakers, the the were a big winner. Okay, Miami and Chicago are kind of the two top ones that that make the most sense. San Antonio a loser. I think Sacramento was a loser. Um, Portland's a loser. Yep, for sure. Yep. Um, maybe even. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for me, I had written down Chicago, Miami, the Lakers as winners, and then the losers were New Orleans, San Antonio, and the Blazers. Yep, uh, New Orleans, San Antonio, Sacramento, Portland. Those are all kind of losers in the sense that they didn't get get any better. All right. Well, uh, that that wraps up all of the the NBA free agency talk. I know we've uh, run kind of long, but we do have to get to the – Team USA men's basketball team advancing to the gold medal game. They advanced out of their group after taking care of business against Iran and the Czech Republic. KD did end up passing Carmelo Anthony on the all-time scoring list for Team USA against the Czech Republic on a three-point shot. After advancing out of the group stage, they were matched up with their longtime international rival Spain in the quarterfinals and team USA ended up beating the Spanish national team 95 to 81 in a really fun game. If you, if you got the chance to watch it live after Spain took an early lead in the second quarter, 
uh, the U.S. They were settling for for a lot of threes, and the Spanish they they were actually running a legit offense uh, against the United Ru- States. Rubio is a, an Olympic killer. Well, yeah, I mean this kid's been killing it in the Olympics since he was a teenager. Yeah, but KD was able to bring the United States back to tie the game at forty three at halftime. Rubio's like, I remember the Redeem team. This ain't shit. What you guys are throwing <laughs> out here? I was. 16 years old, ripping up the Redeem team. Well, Rubio put on the game of his life uh, against the United States. He had 38 points on 13 of 20 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3, and was a perfect 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Who'd he light up in the round, like two rounds before that? He lit, so he had a 30-something piece. I I don't know who was in there. I can't remember who was in their group. The the All-Olympics team, though, it's, it's like Rubio... Rubio and Luca, man, they've for sure been, are on that uh, team. I mean, Patty Mills has been been playing great, but yeah, Rubio has really been. I think Rubio and Luca have really been the the bright spots in the Olympics. Yeah, as far as individual play over even any American. I mean, I wouldn't but, say I wouldn't say there's an American out there that's playing like that. KD's been the leading scorer, but I it's mean, it's like, been a real overall team effort like, from them. It's just like, you know, KD can just walk in any gym in the world and do what he's doing. Well, he know? waved off Bam out of bile last night at one point and kind of like looked at him. Was, he, Bam was going to set a screen at the top of the key. KD waves him off. Kind of was just like, come on, bro. Like, get out of here. And he just drains a three in an Australian guy's face. It was hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, but real quick, back to Spain. Yeah. Uh, the Gasol brothers, they were on the Spanish national team. They they were out there for a little bit against the United States. I thought maybe they were going to play a little bit more because I thought Spain was going to try and exploit their size advantage against the United States. But the game was just too fast-paced for the Gasol brothers, and they I don't think they played more than 10 minutes in the game. Um, but they both announced at the end of the, the game that they were no longer going to be competing for Spain in international play. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick. Oh uh, yeah, the, the no Gasol shout brothers. out, shout out to Gasol. Has been watching them forever as well. They they were obviously the team that won the gold the year that Argentina beat the USA. Right? Did, did they win gold that year? No, I don't. Or think Argentina so. did. No, I I don't think it was Spain. Hold on. Well, because Argentina, I believe, is the team that beat the the Americans. In yeah, they did. Uh, the but that was in the semifinal games like the the americans went on and won bronze so in 2004 argentina won gold italy won silver the united states had won the bronze and if i I remember correctly in the spain game against the united states they said that they had never meddled in the olympics yeah 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 no i i do always get that spain the spain team and the argentina team mixed up as far as that gold medal goes i did know that argentina beat u.s but um yeah i mean shout out the Gasol brothers they're they're obviously just legends in the hoop game yeah um and uh and and at the in the same breath shout out uh luis scola yes who was on the gold medal argentina team five olympics ago uh for him to be out there competing is just 40 years old just unbelievable he looks great yeah <laughs> he looks like <laughs> I mean, he looks like an old man, but he looks strong as ever. He's I mean, still he, out there hooping. He, he's still out there hooping, dude. It was in uh, the golden era of that Argentina team was they were so good. Oh my goodness! Um, so shout out, shout out those guys for sure. Mark Powell. Another Cola. throwback name on the Spain team was Rudy Fernandez. He was still out there. Oh yeah, no, I mean that Spain team to me, that that Spain team is one of the most like memorable. Uh, hoop teams in in Olympic in recent Olympic history they have 
a gang of of NBA players. Yeah. Now, in that game for Spain, the United States, they they were once again led by Kevin Durant. He had 29 points, 10 of 17 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3 and a perfect 5 of 5 from the three-point line or from the free throw line, excuse me. Uh, and he he really put the exclamation point on the game with a steal and then a dunk uh at the end of the game. Or it was a block three-point actually. It was a block three-point shot and then uh that led to a fast break dunk. And that that really put the exclamation point on the game. And then they faced the Australians in the semifinals. And in the Spain game, they came out cold shooting to to start. And then uh, in the semifinals against Australia, the United States once again came out cold. Uh, They shot two of 13 from three in the first half. But they were able to go on a 14-4 run to close the half at... uh, and the score at the halftime was 45 to 42 and Australia had at one point built a 15 point lead but then the US went, goes on that 14 to 4 run and then they really capitalized in the third quarter yeah. Tyler yeah take it away yeah they they outscored Australia 32 to 10 in the third quarter to take the score to 74 to 55 heading in to the fourth quarter and they just never looked back and they ended up winning the game 97 to 78 Australia basically started waving the white flag with just about under four minutes to go, putting in their subs. KD had 23 points on 10 of 19 shooting, only one of seven from three, but he had nine rebounds, two steals, and a block. And he he really led the, the team on defense for the USA in the second half as well uh, and really, really picked up the intensity. Devin Booker had 20 points, seven of 10 from the field, three of five from three. Jason Tatum hit a bunch of big threes in the second half in that third quarter. He was three of six from three with nine points off the bench. And Drew Holiday has been having a phenomenal, phenomenal last couple, like three weeks of basketball, winning the NBA finals. And then with how he's been playing in the Olympics, he had 11, eight and eight, one steal and one block against Australia. So they're on to the gold medal game, Tyler. Of course. We never had a doubt. Some other people did. No, I mean, I, I understand the doubts, but you got to understand how much better these these guys are. Yeah. I mean, they have no chemistry, no offensive fluidity. You know, these other international teams have been playing together forever. They have offenses. They've got roles on the team. We're just a bunch of all-stars going out there and just winning gold every year. Well, and we, we kind of already talked about it. I mentioned how Spain was running a legit offense against Team USA, and that's one advantage I think I've noticed from Team USA's opponents in the in the first half of their games because Team USA's really been a second-half team in this tournament, but yeah. their opponents really get into a good flow of their offense in the yeah. first well, half. I th- and the, and roles, then, the roles are big time, too. You know, like yeah. there's more they're on these international teams. You know, Joe Ingles and Patty Mills have these green lights they don't have. In well, the these international teams are on and, a completely and, different. And they like, have guys that are ball handlers that don't look to shoot. And they have guys, you know, like it's, it's just a different game. And they and they kind of spread out their stats differently. It's not there's not such high usage rates and ISO ISO basketball. Um, well, these international teams, they develop these guys and they're they're in systems for years. And yeah, and like I, you I, said, these these USA teams, they're kind of just thrown yeah. together. But what I give Pop and his coaching staff a lot of credit for, and he's been getting a lot of criticism during his tenure as Team USA's head basketball coach, but where I give them a lot of credit is they implement adjustments at halftime on the defensive end, and then the team just goes full bore in the and second that, half. And that's the NBA, you know, that's the NBA talent for you. They're so good. They can make these, you know, defensive adjustments and just lock you down. Yeah. 
And then you mentioned how this team doesn't really have a lot of chemistry. I mean, a lot of doubt was being cast this team's way after the loss during the exhibition games to Australia, and then even more so when they lost to France in the first game of group play in the Olympics. But people got to realize before the Olympics, Team USA usually gets like a month-long camp in Vegas. Yeah. They had this team had Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday show up at 1 a.m. on game day after flying 16 hours from the West Coast to yeah. Tokyo, literally two days after the finals. And then they show up at 1 a.m. on game day versus France. Drew Holiday ends up leading Team USA off the bench with 28 minutes in that game. They ended up losing, but now we see where they're yeah. where they're at and how they're playing. Yeah, they, All this team needed was some time together yeah, on just, and off the court. And that just shows you how good they really are. It, it really doesn't take much. You get these guys on the court, they're superior players. Yeah. So they are going to be facing France Yep, Got in the back. rematch. Getting it back. Yes. And I know this is what the players wanted. I know I know a lot of people yeah, out there yeah. wanted Slovenia and the USA to face off in the gold medal game because of Luca and Luca losing in uh to France. That was his first international loss, loss. with the national yeah. team for Slovenia. Yep. So that was a big deal. It was with the triple dub. Yes. Um, but France versus United States, that is I think what team USA wanted. Yeah, no, you want to get your revenge and this team this is a loaded basketball team. I think it, it was it was them. It was them or Australia. I think are kind of the two. Now that you know the full, we've seen all the Olympic play. I think Australia and France were really the two killers. You know. Yeah. Slovenia is not necessarily that great of a basketball team. They just are. They have Luca. They have Luca. But Australia was missing Aaron Baines against the United States. He was yeah, a scratch yep. late, which which is a big one because you know their backups are not NBA guys. And the biggest weakness I think for Team USA is their center play. Yeah, Baines would have been nice to play against uh, Bam. You know, he does that for a living. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I do think that basketball, you know, something that would help is is having a team, you know what I mean? Like having a group of guys that you kind of rock with and you have additions and subtractions. But yeah. Maybe having a, a guys that have to sign four-year deals to to show up you know every summer for four years at least for a certain tournament or certain practice like check-in stuff like yeah almost like army reserve you know well what that's I mean? that i and think kind of gets tricky with all of the top tier all-star superstar guys like lebron no Steph no Curry. it does we, we we nba is our first priority that's why it's always been tricky this way there's a lot of you know we could go like the younger guy route or something different but the other thing i wanted to say was uh, it would I'm surprised the NBA hasn't done it um, or, you know, and I'm sure FIBA tries to do something, but it would be dope to get like the World Cup of basketball. Well, they do the FIBA World Cup. I know, but it's not. It's not the World Cup. <laughs> I'm talking the World Cup of basketball, not I feel not you. FIBA's basketball World Cup. I'm talking about soccer's football. Or well, that's fo FIFA. Fo yeah, football, whatever you want to call it, soccer, football, the World, the, the world Cup. That atmosphere, that that intensity, and that pride—if they had something to say that was like every, you know, well, exactly, an Olympic gold medal is more prestigious than a FIBA World Cup in basketball. Yes, but in soccer, it's not shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think an Olympic gold medal means no, shit I don't to think so. A soccer team like it does a World Cup. Yeah, I would agree and, with that. And it would be cool to just see this, you know, see this big event every four years in between the Olympics. You know, if if you know 2022 2026 
stuff like that. That's why I think, you know, maybe the NBA running it would be different and having, you know, sort of like a contest of champions, you know, a, a world cup for basketball and, you know, really try to push the pride thing and, and try to get, you know, just, just a craziness around it and get, get the best guys like go out there and get year one. We're going to show you that it matters because we're going to come out with, you know, LeBron, Steph, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, we got them all. You yeah. know what I mean? Like all of them are going to rock with us. Well, and we're we going to blow everybody out by fifty. We haven't had that since the dream or since the, the redeem, redeem team. team. No, exactly. And I mean, we've had really good teams every single year, um, even if they're not the redeem team level or the dream team level. Well, every single year is a good team, but this is this was the worst one. Yeah, and we're still going to win gold. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't see how with the way like that bronze team i think would beat this team yes you know, that bronze so, team had yeah. kevin garnett vince carter allen Iver iverson yeah, yeah gary payton they're, they're the whole squad but <laughs> um yeah i just think it would be cool to to make some sort of world event that could you know possibly... well they just need to the, to up the the fiba world cup then yeah i mean they got to make it something crazy i don't even know necessarily how you would do it because it would all have to be you know soccer's ingrained in so many cultures across the world but now basketball is kind of right there you know it is you know you have like an africa you know africa stuff leading into the to the basketball world cup you have the south american stuff leading into the basketball you have the yeah. europe and the asian teams doing stuff to lead you know and then you compile well they do that but they just i it's it's just hard, I think, to to advertise it to the American well, audience. Well, the Americans don't give a shit, so no no one gives a shit. You know, as far as, like, the world of basketball, like, if the Americans aren't doing it, then it's like, all right, you guys are, like, they're having this big tournament for second place. Well, something. and it's like, we don't put out the same type of team for no, the FIBA World Cup for the Olympics. we put college kids out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's 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 just, uh, it was just a thought I was having watching the American, uh, watching the basketball game, just thinking about the World Cup and how, like soccer you know that really i would say the world cup and the march madness tournament are like no those are pinnacles like the they're the greatest like tournaments in sports and, it, and it's all about pride that's that's where the greatness of those two things come from yep but all right uh you got any shout outs before we get out of here um damn i did i did just have one but let me think let me think on it all right well no, i just escaped my mind i had a good one all right, well, I'm going to welcome Los Angeles, or welcome to Los Angeles, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. The Dodgers made a huge trade at the deadline with the Washington Nationals, sending prospects Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray, the Dodgers' two highest-ranked prospects, as well as two other prospects for Scherzer and Turner. The saga to get uh, Scherzer and Turner was quite the roller coaster, but Andrew Friedman and the front office finally got it done, and it's a move that once again shows that the the Dodgers are serious about winning another World Series and defending that title. Now they got to start uh, winning some ball games actually and win the division first, but this move gives the Dodgers a, a hell of a starting rotation, and I don't think a single team wants to, to face the Dodgers in, in a five- or seven-game series with this type of rotation. Um, they The Dodgers, they played the Astros this, uh, yep. this week. Yep. They... I they, like the picture of the guy as Australia Grouch. Yeah. <laughs> but the caption has nothing to do with the baseball. It's just like, it's 95 degrees out right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was, I mean. It's just true. The atmosphere from what I saw and heard from people that were at the games, uh, 
it was unlike anything I'd I'd heard or seen. It was the first time the Astros had played in Los Angeles since the 2017 World Series. And Max Scherzer actually debuted last night. He had 10 strikeouts and seven innings of work. He got a curtain call after his 10th strikeout. It, it was a pretty cool atmosphere. Uh, so that's my shout out, Tyler. Did you remember yours? I did. Um, I forget. There, there is a U, uh, big UFC fight on Saturday. Oh, there we but go. But it's the one that I'm not watching because I think I'm going to shout out the, my, the heavyweight champ of the world, Francis Ngannou. They're putting his belt up for an interim belt in, in this fight. With so them. you're on protest. You're on strike. Yeah, you know, I, I wish I could watch it, but, yeah, I don't like it. I, I don't like it. Uh, I'll probably end up watching highlights. Um, I'm excited for Amanda Nunes to fight. Um, but putting up the interim belt, uh, I think they're doing Francis dirty. So shout out Francis and Ghana. Everybody knows who the baddest man on the planet is, and that's <laughs> that's you. Oh, and then also I forgot the Dodgers also required uh, – required. The Dodgers also acquired Danny oh. Duffy from the Royals, but he's hurt currently. He's coming back soon, hopefully. And, but he's from uh, – he's a California kid. He's from up north in Lompoc. And what, and what the Mariners traded – players to the astros they traded players to like, a bunch of different teams. yeah we they just classic mariners i love it we're like on the brink and we're just gonna nah, not this year but the cool thing about danny duffy being a california kid is he he grew up a dodgers and lakers fan he's got a a 224 and an eight tattoo uh he's got a picture uh on social media where he's showing off the tattoo in a kobe jersey i'm assuming it, it was after uh kobe passed unfortunately um, but he's there already was before we got to start asking homeboys some questions, <laughs> but, uh, he's already becoming a fan favorite based off of some quotes that are coming out. He, he said that, uh, his parents would let him go to four Dodger games a year. And he would always pick after the Mike Piazza trade, when the Mets would come to town because Piazza was his favorite, favorite player growing yep. up. So, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. So he, he's quickly becoming a fan favorite already. Um, but all right with that, that wraps up this episode uh of the tsk show episode 206 tyler the city the town baby <laughs> the the real six for tyler Pacholki, i am eric the duke of sports sklar be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify the iHeartRadio app or wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show don't forget to follow at tsk show on facebook twitter and instagram Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.